I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 386 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for the first Frogman Friday edition of the new season here. And, man, do I got a banger for you guys today. Bob Kerry is a former United States Navy SEAL and Medal of Honor recipient. He is also a former governor and senator of Nebraska. Bob Kerry received the military's highest honor for his courageous actions during the Vietnam War. As Kerry and his SEAL team were on a mission to capture members of the enemy, his team was fired upon and a grenade exploded right at Kerry's feet. He was bleeding profusely and suffering great pain. He somehow managed to continue directing his men, called in fire support. He remained calm and in control as the SEAL team secured the camp and they were eventually evacuated. His story is absolutely incredible. If you're unfamiliar with it, I highly suggest you do a little research and check out more about it. You guys out there that listen to the show often, know just how much I love and admire the U.S. Navy SEALs. It is an absolute honor for me to have Senator Kerry on the podcast today. Bob Kerry will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Senator Kerry was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between myself and the Medal of Honor recipient, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And Bob Kerry is the third Navy SEAL Medal of Honor recipient that I have had the honor of speaking with on the podcast right here. Back on episode 260, Medal of Honor recipient Michael Thornton joined me. He was awarded the Medal of Honor for saving the life of another Medal of Honor recipient, Tommy Norris, during the Vietnam War. Episode 265 featured Ed Byers, who was awarded the Medal of Honor for rescuing a hostage in Afghanistan. And by the way, I have also interviewed the hostage that Ed Byers rescued. Check out my interview with Dr. Dillip Joseph back on episode 349. All right, and if you enjoy listening to my interviews with the Navy SEALs, just flip through the archives here. I believe I'm close to having 60 frogmen on the podcast here. There's no shortage of Navy SEALs that you can listen to and enjoy. All right, and next week on the podcast, legendary NFL quarterback Jim Kelly will be here for a special edition NFL opening day episode. Next week, I will also have UFC lightweight fighter Dustin Poirier. Check me out on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who else will be here. I got a great lineup of guests next week. And please, if you're enjoying the show, consider leaving me a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to the podcast. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this show to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Medal of Honor recipient Bob Kerry. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, the barbershops are finally open, but I can tell you right now, there's hair in one place they're never going to cut, and that's right around the area that made you a father in the first place. And when it comes to such a delicate area, you need the right tool for the job. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that is waterproof with skin-safe technology designed to reduce nicks or tugs in those valuables in your short pants. Also, Manscaped just released their Shears 2.0 luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file so you can pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. 
And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping with my special promo code FATHER. Visit Manscaped.com and use the promo code FATHER and save 20% off your order, plus get free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code FATHER, and you can shave that unwanted hair in your underwear today. Joining me now, First Class Father, Senator Bob Kerry. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. All right, this is quite an honor for me. Thank you for your service. Let, let's start it off like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three. I have a uh, 45-year-old, a 43-year-old, and an 18-year-old. Wow, okay. Any grandkids yet or no? Yes, I have four grandchildren. Uh, my 18, one of my 18-year-old's best friends is my 15-year-old grandson. Awesome. Pretty, All right. pretty, pretty strange life. <laughs> uh, if you could elaborate here just for a second, just hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, uh, so I was born in Nebraska, went to school out in Nebraska, uh, was practicing pharmacy, doing research uh, when my draft status changed. Uh, in 1966, I volunteered for, for the Navy Reserve. Um, um, put in an application to go to officer candidate school, went there, volunteered for underwater demolition, um, went to Coronado for that and was selected for SEAL team, did Army Airborne Ranger School, went to Vietnam, um, got blown up there, came home, started a business, um, did that for about 10 years, ran for governor and won, uh, went back uh, to business, actually went out to University of California, Santa Barbara and taught a class on the Vietnam War, about which I knew almost nothing. Um, and the senior senator in Nebraska died, um, and I ended up coming back a year later and running for and, and winning a seat in the Senate in 88, ran again in 94, and then I fell in love with a woman on 7 December 1995, um, and she would only agree to marry me if I agreed to try having another child, and I decided not to do that in politics and left the Senate and uh, was president of a university in New York City for 10 years and then uh, stepped uh, down. And I'm currently a managing director at Allen & Company in New York City. Yeah, you've had just an incredible life. It almost reads like a, like a Hollywood script there, like multiple lifetimes for what you've uh, done throughout your life. And along this journey then, Senator, uh, how old were you then when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Uh, I was 30 years old. Uh, when my, my first son was born and I was there in the delivery room, both for him and my daughter who was born two years later. And it's life-changing. I mean, it was the first time in my life that I understand, uh, understood what it meant to love somebody unconditionally. Um, and it goes on forever. I mean, it's, a, it's one of the challenges of, of, of parenthood is that it's a, it, 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 as long as I'm alive, I'm a dad. And uh, I have less responsibilities for my older children than I did uh, when they were younger before they were supporting themselves. But um, if they got a problem, my daughter had cancer last year and I've got to be with her. So it's a, it's quite a wonderful thing. It's a, it's, it's in some ways it's, a, it's like SEAL team and that we, we, we work together and we, we take care of each other. Um, but it's, I would say quantitatively much, much larger. Yeah, very well said. And, and I know uh, just from a little bit about your history there that your father was a very big family man. 
a family was very important to him. And one of the things I discuss on my show quite a bit is that we have a, like a fatherless crisis that's going on in our country where so many kids are growing up without a father in their life. And that definitely has an impact on them, especially not getting that discipline from their dad. So I usually yeah. like to ask, uh, what, what type of disciplinarian were you as a dad when the kids were growing up? And was it different than the discipline style that you had growing up? No, I would say it's, it's approximately the same. Uh, uh, I gave my kids rules, what they had to, what they could do and couldn't do. Um, uh, I tried to be balance my love for them with the need to be, you know, responsible and tell them that they, they're, they got to pay the price if they make a mistake, you know, cause it's, and to get them to understand that though we're all born with different sets of talents and under different uh, life conditions there always will be a correlation between effort and results. So um, particularly when they entered the workforce, um, I gave them the same advice that my father gave me, which is uh, show up to work on time, meaning don't show up right on time, get there a little early, uh, uh, do the best you possibly can at whatever your boss asks you to do, whether it's carrying out the trash or uh, it doesn't really matter. And then thirdly, don't complain about the work until, you, you know, until the work is over and you come home. Um, nobody wants to hear somebody whining about how, how difficult life is. So, and I suppose a, a, a few odds and ends that came from Vincent Oliveira, who was my uh, the enlisted person that was in charge of our underwater demolition training. Some of the values that come out of SEAL Team as well, I suspect, uh, went, across the, went across the way to my kids. Yeah, and I know, uh, I know one of the things, especially for being a son, you know, we always look up to our fathers. We're always trying to oppress them, always trying to show, uh, you know, our, our value to our dads. And, and having a father that's a Medal of Honor recipient uh, and has accomplished so much, that could be quite a tall order to live up to. Did that ever create any type of um, issues between your sons when they were growing up? Was there, was there any situation where they were trying to outdo or trying to impress you? They can't outdo me. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I, the thing that, that I uh, have that uh, was enormously important uh, for them is I was injured. So their father's an amputee. Uh, and they, so they watch me. They watch how I, how I deal with that. Uh, and what they see is uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't complain about it. I don't, uh, I don't let it get in my way. I may get angry every now and then about it, but uh, it changes who I am. Uh, when uh, people say to me, and I visit hospitals oftentimes, seeing guys that either through disease or, or injury lost a limb or suffered some loss in a trauma, um, they, uh, I would never say to them, uh, "You're going to be everything you, you, you can do, everything you could do before." That just isn't true. Um, uh, it's a big change in your life. You've lost something that's really important. On the other hand, you can do things you couldn't do before. Um, so, you, you, you know, you're life and poker, I tell my kids, life and poker are exactly the same. You're dealing with imperfect knowledge. Um, and meaning you can study, 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 and you figure out your poker hand. And, you know, sometimes you win with nothing and sometimes you lose with a great hand. Uh, luck matters. And the worst thing you can do in poker and the worst thing you can do in life is sit around and bitch about how bad things are. It may be that things are bad and you've got reason to bitch about it, but it doesn't get you anywhere and it doesn't cause anybody to want to be around you. And I, I you know, I, I'm going to shut up in a minute. I'm, going, I'm talking too much, I have a sense. But one of the things I would say to them, I actually got from 
from uh, listening to Warren Buffett, who's from Nebraska as well, give a speech to a conference that we did in, when I was in the Senate, helping high school students understand how they can use compounding interest rates to accumulate wealth over a long period of time. And the first kid that asked a question to Warren was, you know, he stood up and said, sir, I'm no disrespect. We've been studying how to become wealthy all day long, but aren't most wealthy people jerks? Um, and his answer was an answer I gave to my own kids uh, later in life, which is you, you've, got, you've got three things in life. You've got uh, energy, you've got intelligence, and you've got character. And, the, you know, your, your energy and your intelligence, you've got plenty of that. Uh, but the only one that you control every single day with decisions you make is, is also the only one that, that determines whether or not somebody wants to be your friend, your husband, or your wife, which is your character. Uh, and there's certain things that are, that are a part of that character. And perhaps the most important one is, you know, if you, if you want to acquire a friend, you got to be there when that friend needs you, not when it's convenient for you. So I don't know. I'm, that, 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 that's uh, probably my... Uh, the habits of being in the Senate, being able to talk as long as I want to. That was a pretty simple question, but a long, complicated answer. <laughs> and, and a very well said answer, too, Senator. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously, we've all been dealing with the pandemic here and the coronavirus. I have four children myself. It's radically changed the way our day to day life goes. How has the coronavirus uh, for you being a, a, you know, a grandfather? How has it affected you? Have you been able to see your grandkids? Have everyone been quarantined from you? How have you kind of handled the whole uh, situation? How has the coronavirus uh, for you being a, a, you know, a grandfather, how has it affected you? Have you been able to see your grandkids? Have everyone been quarantined from you? How have you kind of handled the whole uh, situation? Well, I mean, first of all, my circumstance, my financial circumstances, I, I, I never, when it comes to health care, I never have to answer, ask the question, can I afford this? Some of that comes from the federal law that uh, takes care of people like myself that get injured in a war. But I, I, I'm getting a prosthetic made right now in New York, and I'm not worried about the cost. It's a big deal. I have an 18-year-old just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes two weeks ago, and we don't worry about that cost either. Um, so it's just simple stuff. You, we, you know, the, the, wear, face, wear face mask is, you know, uh, you know, maintain a little bit of social distancing and just be careful. So, um, you know, I think that we've, we've managed to uh, do that without anybody in my immediate family. I've got friends who've had COVID-19, but I don't have any. Our, our family's been relatively accepting, again, in part because we've got the capacity to do what you have to do to, I'm not, I'm not a healthcare worker. I don't have to get up in the morning and, and go to work. I haven't, I haven't spent a penny on dry cleaning for six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you, you're, you're very seasoned in these areas. My oldest is just about to get, he's going to be a freshman in high school. So I got a long way to go and we're just about to hit all these fun things are they changed through driving and dating and that social scene. So you've been there and done that, grandkids the whole bit. What type of advice did you give your kids uh, as they hit that dating scene? Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's different for, the, for my son and for my daughter. I mean, my son, I got to say, you know, respect that woman um, and respect yourself. But, uh, you know, I know what it's like to have a amygdala that develops six or seven years before the, my prefrontal cortex does. I mean, you're going to get led around by desire and you're going to wonder where that came from. And you got to, I'm not going to be there when you make the decision. So there's certain things you can, if, if, uh, that you, you have to ask yourself and then they're your rules. And the same, it's same is true with, with drugs and other sorts of things that get you in trouble. I won't be there with you when you make that decision. So respect the woman or my daughter, uh, as soon as she goes through puberty, she gets pregnant. 
Um, and, you know, there's, there's no going back in that moment. Uh, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. And now you got three choices and none of them, they're all really hard choices to make. So if you decide you're going to carry the baby, I, I told my daughter this story about parenting. Uh, again, this is going to, this is going to push, push the time uh, probably more than you want. But uh, I was at a Memorial Day event and a guy next to me was older than me and older than my dad. Turned out he'd been in the First World War and he could remember Chateau Terry and Bellow Woods and getting gas like he was yesterday. He was 17 when he went. I gave him my personal phone number. I was in the Senate and told him, Jesse, you call me if I can ever help you. And he called me on his 100th birthday. And he said, I need to tell you a little bit about myself before I ask uh, for some help. He said, I live alone. I've outlived two wives. I've outlived two children. He said, I do everything uh, m myself. I still drive a car. The only thing I can't do is my shirts. I have to send those out. I said, okay, Jesse, what's, a, what, what's your problem? He said, my problem is, Senator, he said, I've got an 80-year-old son and a 78-year-old daughter. And I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay for their nursing home care. So I said to my daughter, <laughs> don't think, you know, it's not like it ends when, when your child is 18 or graduates from college. You're a parent, you're a parent forever. Uh, and it's, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's a, it's a real thing. So, uh, you know, and, and in my case, I'd also say to him, uh, you've got a special status. You're the son or daughter of a, of a governor or senator. Do not bitch to me if you're at a party of people drinking underage and uh, the, you get busted and the headline says Governor Kerry's daughter gets arrested. Um, you know, you get lots of things that are good as a consequence of being the son or daughter of a member of uh, the Senate or the uh, or governor. Uh, don't bitch when uh, you get something bad as a consequence of that status. So with, with status comes responsibilities and uh, both, both good and bad. Yeah, awesome. Very well said. And and, and I know that um, you had the career in the Senate. You were governor. Do any, did any of your kids or are any of them interested in getting into politics themselves and following in your footsteps there? Uh, I've seen no indication of that at the moment. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't decide I wanted to get into politics until I was 39. I was uh, in business and um, I just decided that I was going to be a candidate for governor. It wasn't like I you know, checked all the boxes. I just, I, I ran and I won. So I, my guess is it's, it's, it's likely that, I, but one thing I will know is that, that I do know about them is I'm not going to sit on the sidelines because I do think, it, well, <clears throat> among the great challenges I, I think in America is, and you can really see it with this Black Lives Matter situation, we're, we're facing things that make us ashamed, right? And the question is either as an individual or as a nation, can you face in this case, slavery and Jim Crow, can you face things that make, make you ashamed of your country and still feel pride at the same time? And, uh, and if you can do, if you can feel pride, it means that when you see or hear something America did that you don't like, uh, you don't check out. You don't say, well, I'll let somebody else worry about, about, about keeping our country going in the right direction. So I, I know that they're not gonna sit on the sidelines, whether they, whether they become candidates for office, I don't know. That'll be up to them and their, and their spouses. What about as far as yourself here? What kind of plans or goals here? I mean, you've had a long established career yourself. What kind of plans or goals do you have for the future? Well, I mean, the, the good news is I'm still alive. So, you know, I, I, I set a world record this morning. This is the longest I've ever lived. So I'm grateful <laughs> for that. I've uh, plenty of, plenty of reasons to be, be happy to still be drawing breath and, I'm still working. I've got a, 
I'm a managing director of a little merchant bank, Allen Company in New York City. And, um, you know, I've continued, but I'm going back into politics, if that's, if that's where the question was leading. I'd, I'll, be, I'll be 77 tomorrow, and it, it's, I'd, rather, I'd rather younger people uh, get in the game and do that. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good thing for them. You could have helped me out there if you dropped a new campaign here on on the show, but that's all right. Uh, no, I, I'm not. I've well, one ex-wife's enough. <laughs> all right. <laughs> last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Senator. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, don't quit. Uh, you know, don't don't and, and don't expect perfection. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things you wish you hadn't done. You're going to, you're going to feel, and it's like I was talking about, you know, shame and pride at the same time. Be proud that you're a dad. And, and when, the, when you do something you wish you hadn't done, you feel some shame about it. Don't let that, don't let that kill the pride that you've got and the fact that you're a father and the pride that you uh, feel for in, in another human being. Let them know you love them. Uh, and most of the rest of it will take care of itself. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really brave thing to be a parent. It's not a, it's not a small thing. It's a, it's a big thing and it requires a certain amount of bravery and a certain amount of perseverance through those moments when you don't do as good a job as you wish you had. Yeah. Great stuff. I, I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Bob Carey, you are a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for thanks. giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. Yeah. Thank Well, thanks for doing this. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Senator Bob Kerry for giving me a few minutes of his time here. What an honor that was. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. I got four bangers coming your way next week, including UFC lightweight fighter Dustin Poirier. I got a special edition NFL opening day episode with legendary Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who else will be joining me here. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. <laughs>